I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Greetings, adventurers. Today, we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. Hey, guys, and I'm Kat. And on this episode, we have the gang all back together, so we're super excited to interview Derrickson. He reached out to us... Not too long ago, um, and I was going through our emails to make sure we didn't miss anybody, and he was kind enough to jump on with us tonight. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Big fan. Oh, that's awesome. We love hearing that. Well, how did you find Real Hauntings? Um, yeah, I just like to listen to scary stories in general, um, and uh, some of the podcasts I found weren't didn't feel like genuine, and then I, I forget which episode it came on. And it was just like the banter. I was like, okay, this is my vibe. I love this. Let me keep listening. And then they just kind of jumped around and I was like, okay, let me, let me get invested. And so I started from the beginning and yeah, that's kind of how you guys became a part of my podcast world and basically listen to you daily when I'm like exercising or go on my walks, just cause it's like, I guess it's, I live vicariously through people because that's really the only way I can being and we'll probably i'll get into this later but like being native american or being navajo specifically it's kind of the only only way i can (laughs) is through other people's stories um so yeah that's awesome i'm glad that um you know we're able to we're able to uh you know 
provide some interesting stories for you. Uh, you know, one of our favorite questions on the podcast to our guests is, uh, on a scale of one to 10, the famous believometer, <laughs> would you say you're, where would you say you're on that scale in terms of how much you believe in ghosts? You know, I was like, how would I answer this question? Because I knew it was going to be something. Uh -huh. I guess for me, it's a 10, but it's because it's kind of built in to my culture. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's just a part of it. It's just something that's there. It's not a question as to if there's something else, there's something else in, in our belief system. Well, I feel like th there's like, I, I know just like a shamefully small amount about uh Navajo culture. So, you know, you mentioned growing up with this uh uh you know concept of spirituality. Uh so are there like any kind of specific tales uh that that you grew up that had a really big impact on you? So <laughs> there's and this is gonna be different from each individual tribe i can only speak from the navajo mm -hmm. perspective but in terms of like the paranormal and spirits it's very much like i don't want to say taboo but it's not spoke out at length so there wouldn't mm -hmm. be like unless you're with like a, a, a healer or a traditional person who explains something to you, you don't sit around and talk about it because there's this idea that if you talk about it, you bring it to you, like you're attracting it. Um, and just the way Navajo beliefs, and if you're traditional, that is, is that you try to maintain a balance of your, of your spirit. So you can't do, you can't, think about things too much into the negative part of your life um it puts you off balance basically so there's like there's not a huge conversation about it but when it does happen it's usually in the context of getting a healing getting some type of of ceremony done so i wouldn't say there's like stories that are talked about consistently but there are like warnings like what not to do to bring those things closer to you but like like things like not whistling at night which i think is goes a lot of cultures have that um making sure you're indoors before the sun's down making sure windows are covered things like that um so there's definitely like things to not do um but it's not really discussed at, at length Right. Well, okay. Derrickson, I'm curious, and this is just something I've noticed in the past, let's say like four years, but it may have started before then, but that's just my own, uh, because of the media I've been taking in. I've started to see more representation of Native Americans in like TV shows, which has been super cool. Uh, the first one that comes to my mind is uh, Reservoir Dogs, which is like amazing on FX. If anybody hasn't seen that, I strongly recommend it. But even a show like Yellowstone uh, that is super popular right now has a lot to do with um, Native American culture and plays a big part of that show. And then I watched, I just finished watching six seasons of a show called Longmire, which also um, very heavily takes on a lot of uh, the Native American culture. What has that experience been like you maybe finally seeing some representation out there in, you know, television? Yeah, it's definitely shifted um, since 
movies started being created with like cowboys and Indians to now there's definitely like more, not only representation, but actual actors who are native American playing those parts who traditionally were played by non-native American people. Um, So it's, it's, it's great to see like that there is a lot of, um support behind it within the native community it's funny that you mentioned reservoir dogs is because i went to high school with the writer and one of the actors in there so oh I that's so cool like, yeah i haven't been that's able awesome. to watch it just because like i know their personality so i can't get the like character into that world yeah their character i'm like oh gosh wait I'm, what character yeah. did they play can you the tell us dallas goldtooth the guy who that comes oh, yeah. in the vision yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he my. was great. I mean, yeah. but like, he plays a really like satire kind of comedy role, right? Like, almost yeah, but it's like, I, I know his personality, so I can't get into the character. I'm just like, mm. oh gosh, it takes you <laughs> is out. He, yeah. Is yeah. he like completely, is he completely opposite to it? Or I feel like it's pretty much accurate how he goofs off. Like, that's yeah. how he acts. So it's like hard to take serious. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Well, and, and the reason, uh, one of the reasons I brought that up is because I wanted to kind of, I wanted to ask you, you know, something that I, I have seen a lot in those shows where they are, including more Native American storylines, is the concept of the meaning of dreams and mm-hmm. uh, visions. So it, it was that something that was a big part of your culture growing up as well? Yeah, yeah. So with, again, I can only speak on the Navajo or Diné. If other Diné people are listening, um, the Diné side of it is that dreams are definitely messages or they can be forewarnings um typically i mean sometimes they're super silly like just be, you might have eaten a late meal or <laughs> watch something before bed and it could mean nothing but um i there's usually a sense of warning when you have a bad dream um sometimes there's signs in the dreams like being bitten by an animal or losing your hair or teeth which are really big indicators that something's wrong spiritually at that point you would enlist the help of a medicine person i get to say this is what i'm going through what's going on i get the teeth dream like so much i mean well not recently but it used to be like a really big recurring uh dream and i hate it i like wake up and i like have to make sure my teeth are still in my mouth like that uh, especially has if it has to do with your hair or your teeth because those things are very um in navajo culture they're very they they're protected you need to make sure they're protected you always keep your hair up you don't let it go everywhere your teeth are um it basically and you can take this how you want it but for us with losing your teeth that means someone's doing praying negatively against you wishing bad things against you and so at that point yeah you would go to a medicine person and say i had this dream and they would try to help figure things out wow Wow, that's pretty yeah that's um yeah that's something that i i kept seeing over and over you know in in the shows uh that i always thought was so cool because we do talk about dreams a lot on the podcast and we've heard people interpret them in different ways. So I thought, you know, while we had you on, it'd be, it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on that. So yeah, you emailed in and I thought your story uh, sounded awesome. You want to start taking us through it? Yeah, sure. So I um, did not go to school on my reservation. I went to a boarding school 
in uh, Rowe, New Mexico. Uh, this New Me this boarding school was created by um, an alum of Dartmouth who was also inspired by the native population at Dartmouth College. And so he wanted to give native students an opportunity to get a great education, go to second, uh, go to college and, you know, whatever we, they wanted to do. So um, I left the Navajo Reservation and went to this boarding school, which was about, I would say, uh, two hours away, maybe from from where I lived on the reservation. Um, and the boarding school was situated about half an hour out of Santa Fe in the middle of nowhere. So the property itself used to be a retreat center. I believe it was owned by 3M. I could be wrong. I think that's just something that stuck in my mind, but it was basically like a retreat for corporate people. So it was pretty fancy. There were meditation platforms and a swimming pool and jacuzzi and saunas and like all this, all this, um, things that I, things that I wasn't used to, um, but it was situated in, the, in a valley, very hidden, very off the, the beaten road. Um, and the rooms themselves were like, kind of like hotel rooms. I don't know if you've been to the Southwest, but like Adobe style mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> rooms. And uh, so that's where I, I went to boarding school. Um, I didn't find a lot of the information out that, later until like way later until after what happened to me but basically um it was like a, a battleground from from a long time ago from a tribe that no longer exists but it was pretty bloody from what i understand mm. um and so I, again i didn't know that until after the incident and i asked around um but i was a freshman or sophomore I think in high school um, and it was just a typical school you go to class go to study hall and then go back to your room I just finished study hall uh, for the evening and so I was gonna go back to my room we all had roommates everyone had just another roommate the rooms are situated kind of like hotel rooms so there was two beds there was like a main living area and then off to the side when you, I wish I had, I should have drew something, but you walk in your door to the left is like the bathroom area. And then to the right is the main area where the two bedrooms are. Um, so that just like any other night, I finished study hall. I went into my room, turned on the light. There's three main light switches. So the first light switch you turn on is just the foyer. So just the part where you enter is, is illuminated. So then the bathroom area and the main room are dark at that point. Uh, hall, at that time, the sun had already set. It was about, I want to say like five or six o'clock. So it was dark. Um, my roommate at the time had to go home. So it was just me in the room. Nothing had happened since like nothing had happened to me uh at that point at all like there no weird feelings nothing out of the ordinary so i just walked in like i always do turned on the main foyer went into the main living area with the bedrooms 
And I, I had just turned on the foyer lights on. Nothing else was on. Threw my bag on the backpack and I was like opening my backpack. And then from the corner of my eye, I'm just looking, I'm looking down at my backpack. And from the side view, I can see a shadow walk in the bathroom area from one side to the other. Mm. And I immediately froze because I was <laughs> like, I know I saw it. Like I, I definitely saw movement. It was just me in the room. Nothing else was moving and something moved. And the foyer itself was about maybe like four feet wide. So I wasn't that far away, but I could definitely see something. <laughs> and I froze and I was like, what's going on? I looked really quickly to see if my roommate may have returned early. If he had his bags there, whatever, nothing. And so at this point, I'm thinking, okay, the guys are playing a prank on me or they're trying to scare me or whatever. So I just kind of continue to go through my bag, trying to play it off. Like, you're not going to scare me. I already saw you. Um, like five, 10 minutes pass and no sound, no nothing. So I'm like, <laughs> something definitely moved. Um, and so I didn't make a sound just like, I think, I don't know, when you're scared, you just try to make the least sound as possible. Mm -hmm. So I made a sound and I kind of like inched my way towards the door. And as, <laughs> as soon as I could get like hand length on the door, I ran out of the room, slammed the door behind me and went to my, our dorm parents' room. He wasn't there. So I was like, great. And I didn't want to feel, I didn't want to be like the scaredy cat. So I was just like, if someone's in there, I'm just going to go to someone else's room for now and hang out and maybe they'll leave on their own or get bored or whatever, or come find me. Mm -hmm. So I went to another classmate's room just to like hang out. I didn't tell them at that point. I didn't tell them what I saw. I was just hanging out in there. And after a while, I was like, oh, I have to get back to my room. <laughs> and so at that point, I kind of had to tell them. I was like, listen, this is what happened. This is what I saw. I need you to come with me back to this room. And at first they were like, yeah, right. But I don't know, like I was trying to scare them or something. I was like, no, I'm I'm 100% serious. I need you to come with me because I was not going, going back. So I go back and they're behind me. So they don't even enter the room with me, but they're behind me because I think they were freaked out at that point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I told them what happened. I told them exactly what happened. And they're like, no, you go, you go. We'll wait right here. So they were like, maybe like, five ten feet from my front door so i went by myself i was like okay well they're they're standing out there i can i'll just do this i went in again like normal it was quiet just my the foyer light was on and so i was like okay just do it just go and so i went into the little bathroom area clicked on all the lights opened the bathroom door went into the closet mm -hmm. nothing nothing was there right and so they see that the lights are on in the room so they come in after me 
and I was like, guys, there's someone doing this. Like, do you know anything? And they're like, no, we don't know anything. We were all underclassmen, freshmen. That, that fear, the thing that that makes me think of is like when I see a roach in the bathroom and then I try to get it and I can't find it again. And then I have to leave and get something to smush it. That's the same way I feel when I'm sneaking back into the bathroom. Like it's just going to parachute from the top and give me. <laughs> and then you have to stay up all night to find it. Yes. Yes. It, yeah it was creepy it, the first when i saw the movement initially i just got that body chill i don't know yeah. if you like feel if you've ever but and to make things worse there's like skylight there were skylights in in the ceiling underneath the bathroom and underneath the foyer so not only was it like am i by myself but then people like people i see but you know, there's access to look into the room. So it was just creepy altogether. Yeah. Um, Did any so, part of you think it was a like a human or a person that had come in? Initially, I thought it was. I thought it was someone trying to, I thought it was either my roommate or someone trying to play a prank on me and like scare me. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we're, yeah, that happens all the time. People prank each other. Um, yeah. So I, after they came in and we looked in the room and we looked under the bed and anywhere there was a place to hide. I was like, all right, I guess I'm okay. And I, afterwards I sat there and I was like, did I see that? Was I, <laughs> did I really see that? I like questioned myself at that point. I was like, it must've just been my vision playing tricks on me or something because yeah, it was, it, I kind of rationalized it for myself like no nothing's there whatever so i get ready nothing else weird crazy or weird happened for the rest of the evening i went to bed i laid down uh and the way our rooms were situated uh, like i said they're kind of like old hotel rooms so there was the main entry where you walk in turn right the main living area and then access to a balcony so it was like a sliding glass door um, and then the two beds were like side by side, literally like a motel room. My bed was the furthest to the sliding doors. So, um, yeah, I just went to bed, turned off all the lights. The balcony lights came on automatically. So there was kind of like some residual light coming in, shining in through the through the balcony. So it wasn't totally dark. Mm-hmm. You could still, once your eyes adjusted, you could kindly kind of like see in the room basically. Um, so yeah, I went to sleep. I, I'm a side sleeper. So I, I slept on my side and I was facing towards the, the sliding door when I went mm-hmm. to sleep. Um, and I don't know what, I forget what time it was, but my eyes at some point during the night my eyes just open like I was just instantly awake oh God. nothing like no sound or nothing my eyes just popped open and I was like why am I awake <laughs> and I was like okay let me stretch so I was gonna I was laying on my side facing the sliding door mm-hmm. and I was gonna roll on my back and as I started rolling I felt resistance. Oh no. I was like, like, I felt someone behind me. Like I rolled and my body stopped against something in my bed. Oh no. I was like, at that point, 
my mind went there to like someone broke into my room that per whatever like that person who was in here never left Mm-hmm. is someone pranking me like all these things were through my it's a my really head. mean prank <laughs> yeah. yeah and it felt like I don't know I was laying there for half an hour I'm sure it was like a couple minutes but this episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. I so you, you didn't like turn around to see if someone was there. You just felt in and froze up. I was so scared. I was oh. like scared. Like in, I could not move. Cause yeah. I was, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And so my first instinct was to just pretend to be asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so I closed my eyes a little, like I left one eye open and just kind of like laid there. And I was like, maybe, maybe I'm making this up. Maybe I am still dreaming or whatever. And so I waited a couple seconds before I tried to roll over again. And then I was like, okay, let me just, let me just do it. And so I moved it just so slightly and it was still there like I mm-hmm. could still feel something behind me and okay what are my options like what do I do there's nobody here and the rooms are are very thick adobe walls so it wasn't like someone could hear me right away right and it's all, yeah and it was all open 
the rooms were like there wasn't a hallway there were just like rooms built side by side but out so there wasn't a hallway to go into or anything it was just open to the elements you open the door to your room and there's nature like (laughs) so I I was like anyone could have come in here so I think okay there's a sliding door there I think I can make it I think it can jump out of the room and over the balcony because it was all single floor. So gotcha. all I would have to do is jump over the balcony and run to our dorm parents' room. And so the blankets were on me. So I thought, okay, this the per whatever is behind me doesn't feel like they're under the covers. It feels like they're on the bed because I can feel them. The the sheet or the blanket like had no give. Like you couldn't. I couldn't pull it. It felt like it was stopped. It stopped. Yeah. And so I thought I'm going to throw the blanket over whoever's behind me. They're going to get caught in the blanket. Like all this is happening and I'm going to run out of this door. Um, And I was like, did I unlock it? Did I unlock it? Can I just pull the door open? Or or do I have to unlatch the little latch thing? Ah. And so... I counted to 10, maybe I counted to 10 a couple times. <laughs> uh-huh. So scary. And threw the blanket, opened the sliding door, jumped out. Um, it felt like it took me 10 years to get out of that room. <laughs> um, and I wait, I first, initially I just waited because I wanted to see if someone or my classmate would pop out or something. I just felt like there was enough open space that if it was someone I didn't know, I could go somewhere else. And not only that, I wanted to see if my front door would open because the you could see into the room and if mm-hmm. the front door opened, you would see light coming in from the porch light. Right. So you would see the door open. I waited there. I waited there. And I was like, ready to run. Nothing. Door didn't open. No one came out after me. And I don't know what time it was. It must have been like two or three in the morning. I forget. And nobody else was outside. So I was like, okay, let me go back in. (laughs) That was, I didn't have my key i didn't i was in my pajamas i didn't have anything so and you didn't feel like you needed to wake anybody up i didn't yeah i mean there wasn't really nobody left so i thought in at that point i was starting to rationalize again like maybe it was just me maybe i was on the covers or maybe i was in such a way that like i was going through like this isn't real this isn't you were probably in shock i mean that's a pretty intense experience (laughs) it just like in my mind, I was like, no, this isn't, that didn't happen. Like, that, I'm being crazy. There was nothing behind me. And so I built up the courage and went back in the room. Nothing. I checked everything. It turned on all the lights, checked everything again. The door, front door wasn't unlocked. Everything was empty. Uh, like, oh, okay. At that point, I did have some um, cedar with uh, with me. Uh, we always, I always carry cedar. It's just kind of like a blessing that we have, and we burn 
we burn it if we need to for protection or praying or whatever. So I burn a little, put it around my room, and I said, okay, I'm going to sleep again. Locked everything up, went back to sleep. And so that was <laughs> that was uh, my first, my, I want to say freshman year, but it could have been sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was nothing, when you went back in, there was nothing on your bed. Could you, no. did you try to like recreate it to see if it felt the same? Yeah, like I, I, def, I got in bed and I was like, is there like a dip in the mattress? Am I? Yeah. I, but it was so I can I can still remember like that's that one of the, the it's just burned into my being like that yeah. feeling of some. I remember pushing a little bit when I rolled, like just making it's sure, so and it was solid. There was a solid being behind me. Well, I'm um, curious, Kat and JJ, if you had to be big spoon or little spoon to a ghost, which one would you choose? Oh, little spoon. I want to be cuddled. I think, uh, yeah, at that point I was a little spoon. <laughs> oh no, I don't know. No, I don't want to be in a spoon drawer with a, with a ghost. <laughs> I do know. Oh. Did you say spoon drawer? Yeah, I, I'm coining that oh <laughs> like oh because you put spoons in normally a drawer. you put spoons in a drawer so if you're spooning is is the bed the no i get drawer. it Makes sense. interesting yeah. um yeah. no but something that did resonate with me was just your thought process mm-hmm. uh for like okay well i gotta plan this all out is the door locked is it not locked because my brain is like that with everything these days and i'm like why am i overthinking every single process of okay well i gotta get up and get to my car but i gotta turn this light on and do this thing for the cat and it's just like i i it's funny because in times of like trauma or emergency it's nice because it kicks in like that um for for one of us in this household (laughs) i can't say the same for uh someone else named jj (laughs) When you first went into your room before, or, you know, before you first saw, you know, this figure, did you, like, are you certain that your door had been locked and like, you know, did other people in the hall have a key to it? No, nobody else had a key except like you and your roommate and the uh, dorm parent. Um, And we always, we were always told to keep our rooms locked no matter yeah. what, just because of valuables. Like I said, everything's right. open. It was just like an open, there was no hallways to monitor. Everything was just straight out into outside. It was like yeah. a little home. Basically. Also, that would be a horrible prank for one of your yeah. friends to play on you. And that's a real then, long game though. prank of laying there till like three or four in the morning. Like yeah. who does that? You know, like and if you were a prank, like, you would wait till as soon as you fell asleep and just be like, oh, boo. Like, and also <laughs> you would probably have felt them move or heard them breathing. Did you feel anything like that or just that Nothing. pressure? And oh. that's why I was like, is there someone there? Because yeah, you would hear them breathe. And that's why I checked twice. I was like, roll over, stop. Okay. Mm waited and at that point i was 100 awake like i was yeah awake awake uh, mm-hmm. just yeah i was like did you get again. ptsd from that like i would struggle i think in the future sleeping after that experience so that's where the uh, the traditional part steps in and i feel like a lot of the times when you get help it's it gives you peace of mind. So I wasn't like afraid it would happen again. 
but initially it was just something that I was like, I need, I need help. Yeah. I need something happened to me. Um, and as a, as a Navajo person, when those things happen to you, it's a huge, it's a huge deal. It's like red flag, 911, get something over here. Um, yeah. And so it was after that, I did call my family the next day. I was like, this is what happened. And so we had to get some things done for me. But I had asked, I, I told my friends about it. And at that point, the upperclassmen had joined the conversation. They're like, yeah, that room's haunted. I was like, well, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> That's when I got the second, the, the additional information about that room having experiences from the past, from, from the first class. Because at that point, the school was only... Three, if I was a freshman, it was only open for three years. If I was a sophomore, uh, two, so it was you, a brand, brand new school. Did you change rooms every year or was that your first time in that room? That was my first time in that room and okay. the last time. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I had to stay there for four more years. I was like, don't put me in that room. So it must um, have been maybe your freshman year. Yeah, it, I, there were upperclassmen, so there it had to have been my freshman year because the story that I heard happening to an upperclassman who was a freshman at the time. So the first year the school was open was that he was sleeping in his bed and the beds are, the beds did not move. They were kind of like bolted against the wall. Mm -hmm. So they, there was no way to move them. Um, but he was sleeping in his bed and he felt, a hand come up <gasps> over his head and stroke him. And that's how he woke oh. up. And he, and like I said, Oh, I just the, got chills. The beds are up against the wall. There's no way to move them. Stop. And it, he said it felt like someone was stroking him like this. And he woke <laughs> oh up. Oh my God. That is so He happened creepy. to be my roommate that year after. So I got a little bit more information from him. It's a very sensual but, spirit that's haunting that room. <laughs> yeah. So, that's really that's really ironic that he became your roommate the next mm -hmm. year. Yeah. I don't know what how, how that happened, but he told me a little bit more about that place when they first when the first students first got there, it was rampant with activity. Like there was People could hear things and see things. There was a, a, a ghost that would walk down the road is what I was told. And they had to invite all these medicine men, medicine people from all the various tribes because that school was a culmination of a lot of Native American people. So not just Navajo, it was Pueblo and Northern Native Americans. So as many of the medicine people that they could get from each tribe came and blessed that school and then from what i was told that that year after a lot of it just like died down so that would make a great documentary like the visual of all the medicine people coming and like blessing the school and all the stories and everything that's that's fascinating thank you for sharing that yeah i still can't get over it i'm gonna sleep with my head under a blanket tonight probably <laughs> places on the property that you could go like the the meditation platforms um, we weren't allowed on there, but didn't stop us. <laughs> um, but at night, if you would go to the meditation platforms and just sit, you could 
you sit for a few minutes, you would start to hear whispering, like nope. voices whispering. And I was like, no way, that's not true. People are messing with you. I did it. <laughs> and it uh, it was terrifying and I didn't do it again after that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, oh there was a lot of activity at, at that particular school. Another story that one of my classmates had is they were walking they were walking back in the, there's like a main concrete road that ran through the school and the, the dorms were up against the trees. So just behind the dorms were just trees. Like it was just like a forest. Um, so that was kind of in retrospect, uh, maybe a little terrifying because <laughs> you're like open to the forest. And um, But coming from the reservation, I think a lot of us didn't think twice about it because we all either came from like a wooded area or uh, places that weren't really populated. So it didn't really freak us out. Yeah. One of my classmates and she was walking back from her from at night as well from study hall. And she saw someone standing on top of the dorms mm, that, what? and she thought it again, she thought it was one of her classmates or whatever. She yelled at this thing that didn't move. As she got closer, she said the eye, the eye portions of this figure started to not illuminate, but she could see like a, a glowing. Mm. Um, oh, and at that point, she was like, nope, this isn't a human. And she turned around <laughs> and uh, went another way. Wow. So it was just things like that are just like matter of fact. Like, yeah, this is this is activity. I need to go somewhere else. Do you think being a Navo helped you? Well, I mean, it, it sounds like it did, that it did help you process that event because I mean, that's a pretty hardcore supernatural experience you had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's absolutely correct. I think it's just like, it's not something I love hearing the people's believometers because I'm like, Ooh, if you knew, like, when you grow up in in seeing things and hearing things, it's not so much like is there. It's like there is. Do right. I want to be around to mm. be involved in this? Right. Um, I was similarly. I was going to ask if because like you know that was just what you guys knew and what you guys were taught, and it it was fact to you. Does that mean like you're? more susceptible to experiencing those things too, because you're acknowledging it from the start. Absolutely. I think if you are, the more traditional you are, I, and this is just my personal belief, like the more traditional you are, the more open you are to it just because you have that belief. And so you spend a lot of time making sure you're protected or making sure you're staying in balance. Um, and that's why I like the podcast <laughs> and shows like about, ghost hunting because I I would love to do it like there's a lot of things I would love to do but just coming from my culture I, I can't I can't go ghost hunting I yeah. can't um, do any of that so and what? just to, to hear and see other people's like experiences like hmm. well Kat and JJ did y'all have any other questions no I, I think I'm good I'm just a lot a lot to uh, think about as I uh, a fellow side sleeper try to go to sleep tonight so <laughs> well, thank I don't, you i that. mean yeah. if there's resistance it's probably me pushing you away so cat you didn't answer the question big spoon little spoon 
Oh, for a ghost? Yep. I guess it depends on the type of ghost. Like, does it is it sad? Does it need affection? Is it being weird and creepy? You know? Right. Uh, I I don't know. I, I feel like I'd want to have control of the situation and be the big spoon, maybe. <laughs> Nice. I just don't want to get forked. Ha <laughs> ha. See, I just wanted to get my joke in. That's not uh, great. That payoff was good for Noah. Um, and nobody else. <laughs> just like whenever Noah gets forked. With that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. I'm Kat. I'm Derrickson. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.